Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for January 18th, 2023. Here on today's word, we gather around the word of God every morning. We seek a word from God. I've been doing this for 25 years. I give you the word, we break it down, and then I give you some points that apply to your life today. I've been studying or we've been studying the miracles of Jesus. And right now we're dealing with Jesus and Peter walking on water. For today, I want you to know that our God is a God of no limits. Get ready to receive from the God who can do all things. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Sometimes we need to be reminded that our God is a God of no limits. Put in the chat, no limits. Say no limits, no boundaries. Say my God is a God of no limits. Sometimes we we just forget that that our God, who the God who sits on the circle of the earth, the God that spoke to nothing and created everything, the God that spoke to chaos and created order, the God that said, let there be light, and there was light, and he saw the light, and it was good. And the evening and the morning were the first day. That very same God lives on us and in us and with us and for us. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. So let's get into the word for this morning. I want you uh, to get ready to receive about this miracle, Jesus and Peter walking on water. But I'm going to deal with Psalms 126 and verse 4 first. This is a scripture that our church was released in uh, uh, VCMI, Victory Christian Ministries International. My pastor spoke this word over 2023. I've been meditating on it, and I want to share it with you before we get into the miracle. Psalms 126 and verse 4 from the Passion Translation, the Bible says, Now, Lord, do it again. Put this in the chat. Say, do it again. Lord, we're in a season right now where the Lord is going to restore us, the Bible says, to form a glory, where he's going to do some things, where, where whatever you lost. I acknowledge that 2022 was a difficult season for some, for many, actually. I, I acknowledge that really going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, that it's like some people lost a spring in their step. It's like, you know, once we stopped going to church and, and now we're going back, but some people are still online and you lost some of that fellowship and you lost some of that connection and you're worshiping at home, but it's not the same as being in the presence of God. It's like we lost something along the way, but the Lord, the Bible says, this is the word of the Lord for us right now. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. God has taken us back to a point where we used to sing on another level, worship on another level, pray on another level. God is going to do it again. He is restoring us to this former glory. He's going to take us even to another level. The, the scripture says, may streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. In this season, I'm speaking over you that every dry place in your life, every dry area of your heart will be drenched again. Put it in the chat, drenched Again, no dry places. Say no dry places for me. All right, so let's get into the miracle. We've been looking at uh, Jesus and Peter walking on water. This is found in Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6. I'm going to read for you Matthew 14, verses 22 to 32. This is what the Bible says. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Now, let me pause here and say this. I could just say, hey, this is found in Matthew 14, and then go start teaching without reading the passage to you. And, and I read the passage to you, and then I read it to you every day while we're going through it. You say, well, Rick, why, why do you do that? You can bypass it. No, the word of God. Like, like, you don't tune in to hear me. Like, you tune in to hear God through me. 
So it's the word of God. So I need you to hear the word of God and get this down in your heart. I don't care how many times we read it. You got to get the word of God down in your heart. We, we, we are to acknowledge the word of God. God says um, that he exalts his word above his name. The word of God is quick and powerful. We need to read the word of God. Amen. All right. So I'm going to read it to you. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side. And then he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there all alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to catch up with his disciples walking on the water, walking on the lake. Verse 26, but when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said unto them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. And then Peter said, well, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. Jesus said, come. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. And while he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, watch this. I'm going to teach all of this in this series. You of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when he climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped God saying, truly, this is the son of God. So what does this mean for you today? When I read a passage like that, there's so many things that jump out at me. That's why I have to take my time. Like, you know, we dealt with this passage yesterday. I'm going to deal with it today. We're going to deal with it again tomorrow. Thankfully, with today's word, we're not in a rush. We're not in a time constraint. I could just take my time and teach you the word of God uh, in a way that is very uh, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept in a in a, a methodical way, right? So let's get into some things for you this morning. Here's number one. Let me give you the setting. I gave you the setting yesterday. I'm going to still give, kind of give you the setting again today. I want you to get it down in your heart. So this is the setting. Jesus fed the 5,000. Well, first of all, Jesus received word that his um, cousin was killed, John the Baptist. Then once he did, Jesus withdrew it initially. Then he came back, healed a bunch of people, then fed the 5,000. And then after a long day of ministry, he sent his disciples away. He sent the crowd away. And after all of that, he went up into the mountainside by himself to pray. His cousin, John the Baptist, had recently been killed. And he was so busy performing ministry that he didn't take time to process the death for himself. And this is, this is really a, a, a dangerous note. Let me just slide this in real quick. This is where you have pastors who commit suicide. You have missionaries who are on the missions field, giving their lives for God, serving other people, and they wind up committing suicide because you could be so busy doing ministry that you don't allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, right? That's dangerous. Say that's dangerous. So you need to make time to spend time with God so that you're not out here just doing ministry, pouring out into others, and you don't allow the Holy Spirit to get you to be refilled. Jesus poured into others, but he had to make some alone time between, just between him and the Father. And after many hours uh, by himself, and I dealt with all of this yesterday, uh, by this time, the boat was a long way away from the shore. John 6 and 19 tells us that the boat was about three to four miles away. So now his, he's praying. And so he's praying. And remember, he prayed until between three and 6 a.m. So he prayed for hours, prayed for at least six hours. And now after all of that, he's ready to go. The disciples are three to four miles away on the water. 
So the disciples are gone. The crowd is gone. His team is gone. And so Jesus is like, man, I got to catch up to my team. So he walked on the water. Let me just pause right here and say, Jesus didn't walk on water to show off. Jesus didn't walk on water because I was like, I'm Jesus. I can do it. No, he just walked on water because he was trying to catch up to his team. I'm going to deal with that today. A miracle is a supersession of natural laws or the laws that are natural to this world. So Jesus just superseded gravity. He was like, I, I don't like gravity doesn't apply to me right now. I need to catch up to my team. And by the time Jesus caught up to his team, they were exhausted. They were tired from a long day of ministry. And then they had been battling wind and waves for hours while Jesus was praying. And they were in the middle of the storm. And it was the fourth watch of the night. And it was between 3 and 6 a.m. And I don't care who you are, between 3 and 6 a.m., all of us get tired. And so they were there and they were tired and they saw Jesus. They faced a storm and they thought he was a ghost and they got afraid. And Jesus said, be not afraid. Don't worry. It is I. And Peter was like, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. And because he said it, then the great, remember, no word from God is without the power to perform it. The word of God reveals the grace of God. He said, come. And boom, he got out of the boat and he started walking on water. This was his invitation into the supernatural. And he received it and he bypassed supernatural laws, um, uh, the natural laws. And Peter started walking on water and Peter did something that nobody but Jesus and him has ever done. He, they, they superseded gravity and walked on water. Peter walked on the word and that's the setting. And I'm going to break all of this down for you today and over the next few days. Y'all ready? All right. So let's start to glean some things from this miracle. Number two, here's some things that we can glean. Uh, we all need alone time with God. Say, we all need alone time with God. As a believer, I want you to know that it's cool for you to spend time with God around other people, but sometimes you need to be alone with God. There's nothing like just one-on-one -on -one time with God. Jesus maintained a, a, a busy ministry schedule. So when he received word that his cousin, John the Baptist, was killed, he needed some alone time with God to process it. I mean, like there's some things that we just have to process. While one of our goals as believers is to allow God's divinity to flow through our humanity. I tell you all the time, say this, say this, put it in the chat. I am a human conduit of the divine. So I got it. I am a human conduit of the divine. I teach you that all the time. So our, we have to acknowledge, recognize, realize that we are human conduits of the divine. So we are human, but we're walking around with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So God is in us. We are human conduits of the divine. So while it is true that we are God carriers, say I'm a God carrier. While it is true that I'm a God carrier, and if you're born again, it's true that you're a God carrier, but it's also true that you're human and you have to deal with the realities of your humanity. Jesus was all God, but he was also all man. And so Jesus put his human pain on hold so he could do ministry. Oh man, my cousin was killed. He drew away for a minute. He said, well, let me put this on hold so he could do ministry. He went out, healed a bunch of people. Then he fed 5,000. Then he sent the crowd away. He sent the disciples away. And once everybody was gone, he withdrew into the mountainside to process the pain of his cousin's death. There's some things that as a human, you have to process. There's something, I don't care how, how spiritual you are. I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I got it. So am I. I mean, so, so I'm good with that. But I don't care, no matter how supernatural you think you are, 
at the end of the day, there's a humanity. You you have a human component to you. There's there's a human aspect of you and your humanity. What you don't want to do is be so spiritual that you're pouring out and pouring out and pouring out to others that you don't take time to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Jesus prayed for hours. And I know what it's like to pour out into others, to pour out into others. And it can be physically exhausting. Doing ministry can be physically exhausting, emotionally draining. And as a believer, you have to make time to spend time with God. You have to prioritize your time with the Father so that you can be healthy. Say this, say, I am healthy inside and out. You want to be healthy inside and out, but you have to prioritize your time with the Father. There are times where I minister, and when I'm done, I'm physically exhausted. I'm mentally and and, and just emotionally drained. And you have to get filled back up. And it's dangerous, as a, especially as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to spend time with the Father in prayer. You got it? All right. Uh, number three, being in a storm is not an immediate indication that you are outside of the will of God. Let me make this point. Sometimes church folk, not y'all, but I'm talking about church folk. Sometimes when somebody's going through something and we know that they're going through a challenge, sometimes church folk talk about it. Sometimes when people are going through something and they know that they're going through a challenge, uh, sometimes what they do is that church folks say, well, they must have done something wrong. Kind of like what Job's friends did. Job's friends thought that, well, Job must have done something wrong if he's going through what he's going through, because if he didn't do anything wrong, why would that happen? Here's the truth. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Here's the truth. The Bible says, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. The disciples were in the middle of a boat on the water, battling a storm without Jesus, all by themselves between 3 and 6 a.m. They were tired. They were exhausted. They thought they saw a ghost, all of that. And they were in the center of God's will. They were exactly where Jesus told them to be. And so sometimes you are in the center of God's will and you're still going to face challenges and storms and opposition. Why? Because we're in the world. And sometimes these things happen and it's not about you, which leads me to my next point. Number four, sometimes you don't know why you're facing what you're facing. And so you, you got to stop trying to figure everything out. Sometimes you don't even know why you're going through what you're going through. The disciples were there. They were without Jesus. The storm was there. It was late in the morning. They were physically exhausted. They had ministered with Jesus all day long. Then they were battling a storm all night long. And they, they're there between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And Jesus comes walking on water. Sometimes you're going through something. You don't know why you're going through it. The disciples might have thought, well, while we're going through this, why is this happening to us? And if they would have thought that, they would have been wrong because this had nothing to do with them. Jesus was the one who needed time with the Father. Jesus was the one who needed to process John the Baptist's death. Jesus was the one that sent them out there on their, on their own without him. Why? Because he needed to spend time with God. It was about Jesus. It wasn't about them. Here's my point. Look at me real quick. I need to be clear about this point. I want you to look at me. You are not the center of the universe. Like the world doesn't revolve around you. you know, like, like every time something happens, it's not like, oh God, what did I do? Why is this taking so long? Like, like you, you talk to people, oh Lord, why is this taking so long? Why is this not happening for me? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? Did I do something right? Oh Lord, why is this? Why is that? How come this? How come that? Listen, the world doesn't revolve around you. You're not the center of the universe. Sometimes you got to realize that God is God 
And there could be something else going on. Maybe God hasn't done it for you yet because God is working on somebody else. Maybe maybe God hasn't moved that piece on the chessboard yet because he's actually working on somebody else who needs to do something else before he could do what he's trying to do for you. And here you are saying, God, why me? And it's not about you at all. Sometimes you just need to chill out. The disciples were there and they were battling something and had nothing to do with them. They were there because Jesus needed time. Jesus needed time with the father. Jesus needed to process some things about his cousin's death. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that there is a God and we are not him. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that we're not going to have all the answers. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that God is God and he's going to do what he's going to do when he's going to do it. (laughs) And that's it. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that we have to trust God even when we can't trace him. We got to be reminded that, listen, it the things will happen in our lives in the fullness of God's timing. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, everything is going to happen in your life at just the right time. Put that in the chat. Say, things will happen for me at just the right time. Listen, our God, he's God, and he doesn't have to give you an explanation. God doesn't have to give you an explanation of why things happen or when things are going to happen. Let me say this to you. Put this in the chat. Say, God will reveal himself, but he does not need to explain himself. Put that in the chat. God will reveal himself, but he will not explain himself. God is God. He's not going to sit here having to explain everything to you. As a believer, you got to you gotta recognize, realize, acknowledge that, that things are going to happen at just the right time, and, and you got to trust God. Listen, things may be happening when you think nothing is happening. Things may be happening. While the disciples was like, oh man, what's going on out here? At the same time, something was happening. What was happening? Jesus was processing the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. And so when you think nothing is happening, things may be happening. When you think nothing is happening, things God may be moving a bunch of things. You just don't know anything about it. And when he finally does it, and then you're like, oh, okay, now I see what God was doing. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't give it to me when I when I wanted it. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't do it when I wanted it, because if you had given it to me when I wanted it, it was not the right time. Thank you, Lord, that your timing is perfect. Why? Because now we, yeah, looking back, now you could be like, oh, God's timing is perfect. So chill. Say chill. Relax. You got to learn to be comfortable with a certain level of discomfort. To walk with God, there's a certain level of mystery to walking with God, and God is not, he will reveal himself, but he does not have to explain himself. Say amen to that. All right, number five, natural limits are not limits to God. Let's talk about that. Say no limits. Say no limits. Put that in the chat. No limits. Natural limits are not limit limits to God. Jesus didn't walk on water as like a parlor trick. Jesus didn't walk on water as like, dun, 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 look at me, I'm walking on water. No. Jesus just walked on water because he needed to catch up to his team. I love it. Jesus is like, oh, okay, I need to catch up to my team. The crowd is gone. The team is gone. They are three to four miles away from me on the water. Uh, Well, I could get in the water and swim, but I ain't doing that. Let me just walk on water. He just walked on water because he needed to get back to his team. A miracle is a supersession of the laws that are natural to this world. It is an event or an occurrence that goes beyond human understanding or human explanation, and it is often attributed to supernatural power. Jesus demonstrated power over gravity by just walking on water. He was. This is a reminder. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. This is a reminder that our God is not limited to the limits of this present world. The the limits of this world cannot confine God because how could he be confined by something that he created? Our God is not limited 
by the, by the things of this world. And we just need to be reminded of that because sometimes we're believing God for something that is so big. And all the limits of this world are telling you, giving you all the reasons why you can't do it. It's not going to happen. This, you know, this, you just need to be reminded that God is not limited by that. God is not limited by the things that are limiting humans down here in this world. God can do anything. We serve a God who can do all things. God told me to teach on the miracles in January 2023. Why? Because I need you to get your faith back up. I need you to get your faith reignited. We need to believe in a God who can do all things. We need to see the invisible and believe the impossible. There's nothing that God can't do. When you finally get that clear in your mind, you will open your heart to the God of no limits. Say no limits. Say no limits. Yes, you got it. You got it down in your heart. All right, number six, last thing for today. Last point for today, and then we'll close. Uh, be ready to move in faith when God invites you into the supernatural by grace. So when God says it's time to move, you got to be ready to move. Say, I'm ready. Say, I'm ready. All right. So as soon as Jesus said, come, Peter got out of the boat. So you have to have the faith to launch out when God provides the grace. Now, if you don't get out, out of the boat, you're never going to walk on water. Remember, there were 12 disciples in the boat. Only one asked Jesus to get out of the boat, and only one had the audacity to ask and the audacity to do. And you have to be one of those people that you're just not, you're not going to be limited by what other people are limited by. I'm going to release faith. I believe in a supernatural, I believe in a God who can do all things. And then let me make this point. God is not against you doing what he does. This is something that religious people don't get. Religious people are like, oh, God is there and I'm down here. Ooh, you know, and religious people are like, the ways of God are past finding out. You just never know what God might do. No, that's not what the Bible teaches at all. What the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the good things that God has prepared for them that love him. Ooh, no, that's religious people. Keep reading. That was 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. If you keep reading, the next verse says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit because his spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. So while God is up here and I'm down here, that's true. It is also true that God put his spirit down inside of me. So it's also true that I have a spirit to spirit connection with the father. It also means that I'm born from above. It also means that I am a human conduit of the divine. It also means that I'm not limited to the limits of this present world. Why? Because God is on me and in me and with me and for me. And God is not a when I want to operate like him in this world. God is not offended. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is the, we're supposed to have the mindset of Jesus. What was the mindset of Jesus? He thought it not robbery to be equal with the father. He thought it not robbery to live down here like he was from up there. He thought it not robbery to be one with the father. He, he, he That was his mindset. Let this mindset also be in you. You should be able to walk over to the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Jesus didn't get offended when Peter said, Lord, if that's you, then I want to do what you're doing. If that's you, welcome me to come. If that's you, give me an invitation for participation. If that's you, I want I want to get in on the supernatural. Jesus didn't get offended. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, I'm the only one that's supposed to do it because I'm Jesus. I'm the only one. No, Jesus was like, oh, snap. I'm, I'm surprised all 12 of y'all didn't ask. Only one of you asked? All right, Peter, you want to come? Come. And just like that, he walked out and got out of the boat and started walking on water because he was walking on that word. Listen, God is not offended when you want to be like him. God, God wants you to be like him. God wants you to have that mindset. Say, say this. Say, I am one with the Father as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You got to see yourself like God. You got to see yourself like, the matter of fact, in John 14 and 10, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak, they're not my words. The work that I perform is not my work. It's the Father who lives
lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. Listen, that's how we're supposed to live. I'm a human conduit of the, of the divine. You are a human conduit of the divine. See yourself as one with the Father. Say that. Say, I am one with the Father. In John 17, which is the real Lord's prayer, because it's the prayer that our Lord prayed. In John 17, Jesus said, Father, we're one. I'm one with you. You're one with me. But I'm praying that they would be one. He, Jesus prayed for you and I, and he prayed that we would be one with the Father like he was one with the Father. And so God is not offended when you say, Lord, I want to do the supernatural. God is not offended when you when, when you say, Lord, I, I open my heart to things that, that, that can't happen down here in this world. Lord, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to do whatever you want. And when God gives, gives the word and God says, come, remember, no word from God is without the power to perform it. If God gives you the word, then the word of God reveals the grace of God. When God says, come, God is giving you the invitation. He's saying the grace is there. Now, the question is, will the faith be there? God provides the grace, but you have to provide the faith. Say amen to that. Say, say that out loud. Say, I will provide faith where God has provided grace. All right, that's enough for today. I'm going to deal with this again tomorrow. This is some good stuff. My, I felt like high-fiving myself right there. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. I hope that you're fired up, excited this morning. I'm telling you, preaching the miracles of Jesus is going to reignite your faith. You're going to get restored and rejuvenated. Lord, do it again. All right, let's close out. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your love and grace. I believe this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith is reignited. This year, I will experience the supernatural like never before because my heart is open to it. I know you are a God of no limits. I am in you. You are in me. I am a human conduit of the divine. You invite me into your realm. You empower me to operate on your level. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. The impossible is possible for you. Therefore, the impossible is possible for me. I am excited about 2023 because I know your grace is on me, in me, with me, and for me, therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So sign up. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments right now. If this message got you fired up, leave me some comments right now in the chat. I want to know if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. outro is not working. All right. I'll just close out. Love you guys. See you tomorrow morning. God bless you.